welcome to the Children's Wellness Spot. I am Dr. Bonde Virgil, otherwise known as Dr. V. I am a board certified pediatrician, which means I'm an expert in all things related to children and teen health. So let's talk and break it down so we can help our teens and children live their happiest, healthiest, best lives. How are children doing and teens after this two year pandemic that we've experienced on the global, national, and local level. I get that question a lot. Um, I get a lot of people in the offices that I cover whose kids are struggling after the pandemic. Um, and so the answer to that question is they're not all doing that well. And I know that we are often told and we experience the resiliency of our children, which means that they are able to really overcome a lot and do well despite really difficult circumstances. But a global pandemic, which really predated, was predated by a time where we had a lot of mental health issues in our nation here in the U.S., um, it, it has just been a lot for a lot of teenagers and elementary school kids. Um, I would say without question, the most recent times I've been in an office, there have been a lot of parents, guardians, bringing their teenagers and older children in for referrals for psychiatry and psychology. And the unfortunate, sad reality here in our country is that there just aren't enough child and adolescent teenager, psychologist, and psychiatrist for every child. And in some areas of the country, there may be none. So you find that those families have to travel very far away in order to get care. And the few that are available are so, so booked. So as pediatricians and those that work with children and teenagers, we have really done a lot and have done so for years to help families figure out what the mental health issue may be and then start to um, get resources. So I do want everyone out there to understand that everyone in the world has experienced COVID, the pandemic of COVID, and children have experienced it too. There um, is some good data from um, the Journal Pediatrics that about 8 million children in the United States lost either a parent or guardian during the pandemic. And obviously we're not completely out of the pandemic, but the height of the pandemic. That's a lot of children who've experienced grief because they have lost someone who is directly involved in the, their care. And then on top of that, there was the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress um, disorder that's associated with coming out of a pandemic, having to have been shuttered in, literally. If you all think back to the height of the pandemic, March and April, 2020, in so many areas, you hardly even saw children out and about in their communities. I remember going to, um, we have a grocery store in our area and um, getting groceries, kind of putting my mask on, sanitizing my hands, dashing in to the grocery store, getting what I needed to get, seeing absolutely no children, which was so typical before that, going with a parent to shop and then going home and bringing the bags into the house, wiping them down. And then my kids were still in the house. So they almost never went out for like months, right? And think about the toll that could take on a child, just that alone, without having lost a family member, without having family members that had to go to work that they were afraid would be sick or would catch COVID or would you know, die. So this was a huge experience in their what we call formative years, the years where most um, children and teenagers really develop a sense of self, a sense of identity and security. They had this huge global pandemic 
to deal with. And then if you think back to that time, again, there was so much uncertainty. And so it was like, you know, as adults, every couple of days, every couple of weeks, there was new information, a change in how we had to, you know, approach the world and our level of caution. And so all of that volatility, that um, change was a lot for, for children to deal with and for teenagers. And so many of them... Um, live with isolation, right? Because I talked about how many of them weren't out and about doing the errands that even adults could do with the social distancing. They were separated from friends. There were so many milestones for teenagers and elementary school kids that they had to defer or miss out on. Just think back to those um, fifth graders. I had a fifth grader at the time who missed his transition from elementary school to middle school. At their school, there's usually a celebration, a graduation ceremony, and a lot of pomp and circumstance with getting um, through elementary school and starting middle school. And so although there were modifications, socially distant graduations, drive-through celebrations, it still wasn't the same, right? And so that's something that was implanted in, in the minds of teenagers. Think about those who started their first year of high school, who had to start virtually from a computer. So now you're no longer in the familiar setting of a, a school that you were in before. You're moving classes. These classes count for so much. These are your college grades that will go on your transcript. I mean, the pressure of that on top of having to deal with the pandemic was tremendous. Tremendous. So the answer to the question is how are teens and children faring after the height of the pandemic, they're not doing that great. And that is the honest uh, truth. So um, if you're a parent or someone who works with teens who's feeling as if your um, child or teenager is having anxiety, just feeling unsettled, nervous, constantly worried, um, remember that's a natural process of post-traumatic stress disorder and of grief from everything that they've experienced in the last several years. Add to that anyone who already had a mental health issue, add to that all of the different things that are unique to each family and each person. So we all went through a global pandemic together, but then other families had additional problems, loss of jobs, you know, divorces, all of the things that, that in, influence how we engage with stress and trauma in our life. Um, you know, that's what's made it so hard for so many and so I would start first always, and I say this every time I talk on the podcast, start with acknowledging the difficulty and, and meet your teen where they are, meet your child where they are. I get it. It has been a really rough two years. It's been rough for me. It's been rough for your you know, grandparents. It's been rough for your aunt and uncle. All the people that they identify with as adults in their life acknowledge that it has been hard. And then... Um, look at opportunities for um, redirecting. So if you have a teenager or a child that used to do activities like dance or music or arts, try to re-engage in those activities. You will find that there's a segment of kids that are just ready to go. They are ready to jump right back into it. And as I'm saying this right now, they may already have begun to do so. And that is great because that allows them to really reclaim the normalcy of their lives. But there are some who really still are quite hesitant to do the things that they used to love because they're afraid that 
things will get pulled out from them again or that it's not still it's not safe yet right because we still get information about new variants and you know um there's still a lot of like public health information about changing patterns of covid so um they're they're still nervous you um as the parent guardian those that work with them continue to encourage them to engage it's so vital along with that Remember, and I've said this before, that your pediatrician is a resource. Start there. So if you're feeling like the anxiety, um, the depression, the fear, the social um, discomfort, the social fear is becoming paralyzing where they can't really function. They're not doing well in school. They're not interacting well with other classmates or friends. That is when you need to get them help. And help comes in so many forms, right? So there's therapy, there's um, talking to someone in a more formal setting on a regular basis, and also there's medication. And so I would I would suggest that until someone tells you otherwise, if your child has a diagnosis um, of a mental health disorder, I would not stop with the therapy or with the medical interventions until you have been told this is now, um, it's okay to step back um, because at any given time, the challenge will flare up, right? Um, I also think it's important to acknowledge the pressure that a lot of these uh, children and teenagers are experiencing with their academics. You know, there were a lot of kids who did do very well with virtual learning, but there were many who did not. And to be honest, there were some who very um, infrequently engaged. And so we know, um, I think I recently saw something in the news about just the huge learning deficits that have been highlighted from the, the last couple of years of the height of the pandemic. So if your child is one who is having some learning deficits and gaps, it's really important to talk to the teachers, uh, counselors, and get them help. So sometimes that may mean um, summer classes, it will mean a tutor, it will mean after school um, tutoring with the teachers, whatever it takes because the further they fall behind, that's another reason um, for them to feel depressed or feel like they are failing, which affects self-esteem. All of those things are all so interrelated, right? Um, so I hope that empowers you. I wanna leave you with um, this important piece of information that it's important to recognize um, something called adverse child events. So ACEs is what we call them. And I would consider, and I think most people who are experts in the field like myself would consider the uh, pandemic a ACE, an adverse child event that impacted all children globally and teens, right? So we know that when these events happen, they really do impact the brain of children and how they view themselves and view the world. So it's really important to acknowledge this and know that you are not alone. Um, again, any mental health issue is something that we have to move beyond having shame about because it is so prevalent, it is so common. So whenever I'm in the office and I'm talking to a family who is, and inevitably they're kind of like, you know, a little embarrassed to talk about it, and I don't know why, but they are. I always start with, you are not alone. And I look directly at the teenager and the child. You would be surprised, I say, how many of your classmates, people that you play sports with, that you um, dance with or do any activity with who feel just like you do. And that doesn't mean that you need to suffer in silence, but that you should know it's okay to feel like you're not okay. And I'm so proud of you for being here in this space today to try to get help. And so I leave you all with that. If this is your experience, reach out for the help that you need for your child and for your family. 
Thank you so much for your time. And I'll check you out next time on the spot. Thanks for spending time with me, Dr. V at the Children's Wellness Spot. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. Hit that notification bell so that you can get the most up-to-date content when I post it. See you next time.